Hey everybody and thank you for joining us on this episode of Chatting with Country. Today on the line with me I have Shishman and Brittany. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Hi. How you doing? Hi, I am doing well. You guys just got back from turning up, I see. Yeah, we had a good time. Good time in the Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thank you all for joining me and taking time out of your busy schedule, but I would definitely like to discuss with you healthy relationships, loving yourself, and just a little background about the two of you, if that's okay. Sure. All right. So either one of you can start. Um, I always ask people to kind of go from childhood to about 30 years old or where you are now, just giving us a little background about yourselves. Sure, go ahead, babe. You can go first. I'm not ready. You're ready. You you, know your story. <laughs> all right. My wife act like she's shy. Well, uh, my name is uh, Sishman Remsen. And uh, again, thank you for having us on your podcast. We really appreciate it. And um, not to go too in-depth, but, you know, born and raised in a G, G.I. Gary, Indiana. Uh, humble beginnings, very humble beginnings. And um, was born in 79. And so you can imagine... Gary, Indiana, doing the heat of the crack epidemic and all of that type of stuff. And so, you know, like some of some of you that are listening, probably my family was uh, no stranger to that. And so my parents were both uh, caught up in that life. And so a lot of my younger life was was, was really about survival. And uh, uh, God's hand was literally over my life, though. I know that now uh, my entire life. And so from there. Uh, you know, went to school, grew up in Gary, family, helping my mom through her struggles. And and um, in high school, got into some trouble hanging around the wrong crowd at West Side. I was living with my grandmother. She shipped me to Iowa. And so I moved to Iowa mm. of all places. I was only mm -hmm. one of uh, two black people in my high school. Mm -hmm. So it was a culture shock for me. But it was the best decision that my grandmother probably could have made. It probably saved my life um, looking back now. And uh, from there, since I went to the Air Force, I got out of high school and, and did something uh, I never thought I would do. I had a daughter right out of high school, and uh, I've never felt love like that before in my life. I never felt the weight of another person depending on me making right choices. And so for the first time in my life, I like to tell people I'm writing a book here. It'll be released soon. And in that chapter, uh, it's called uh, Making Grown-Up Decisions. Me going into the Air Force was probably... Uh, the first grown-up decision I'd ever made in my life because I was doing it with my daughter in mind. And so that's what brought me to Texas. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. I got here, got into the Air Force, a whole new world outside of the G, outside of the Midwest uh, that I did not even know existed, mm -hmm. opportunities that I, not even, that I didn't even think I could really take advantage of. Um, got out of the military. And then uh, from there, uh, you know, went through a divorce and, and God blessed me to meet this young lady here. And I guess we can stop there and talk about what we're doing together. But that's just kind of sum it up how I met, uh, you know, that's from my coming, childhood. That's coming again. down the line, how y'all met and stuff. Come on, Brittany, you can't be okay. scared now. I need you to come <laughs> closer to this, to this microphone and let it out. Okay, so I'm an only child. Um, me, it's, it's crazy to listen to him. I don't know. 
we have very similar backgrounds. So, yeah. But I'm an only child. Um, my mom is a dialysis patient, has been since I was born, had kidney issues. So I was kind of what they call like a latchkey kid, always home by myself because she was always at the doctor or on, on dialysis. She went three times a week when I was younger. Um, she had some transplant issues. And so we just, that was my, my childhood dealing with my mom being sick. My dad wasn't in the home. He was on drugs. And so we didn't even start building a relationship until I was about 15 years old. Um, around my senior year high school, I graduated and had a baby. So did similar to Sishman and went ahead and went to the military. I went to the army because I had a bad experience with the Air Force. They told me not to have my kid. And I was like, yeah, that's not an option. I need, I'm going to the military because I want to be able to provide a life for my kid. Mm -hmm. And so I went to the military, um, deployed two different times. My first duty station was overseas. So I was absent in my kid's life and I wanted to do something different. And so I ended up coming or going to Alabama and switching over to the reserves. And then some life changes happened and I ended up getting divorced and moving back to San Antonio. And here I am in San Antonio still. <laughs> amen, amen. Um, to go back to the culture shock um, and going to Iowa. Yeah. When, when we moved to Spokane, I had to have the talk with my children and tell them, listen, you know how you have that one white person in your class? Right. You're about to be that one black person in the class right. and the roles are reversing, you know, but this is for your good, you That's know, right. and, and the move was definitely um, a plus. Um, Brittany, for you, as far as the Air Force, um, I got a good friend that went into the Air Force and they told her um, that she couldn't have a child and she, they fought and they actually, I guess, brought forth a lawsuit about that and she's much older um than us so that's interesting that you say that too so it sounds like something they might still be sliding in there you know from time mm -hmm. to time mm -hmm. um how did you all meet so because we're both in the military you know these schools and companies be out to get the money that the military gives veterans and we both ended up at the same school because it catered to the military so we ended up at, in college together. So let me tell you what happened with Tanisha. So, oh Lord, hear him. So, <laughs> so funny. Uh, we was taking uh, this this class, taking this class together. And A I'm, business class. This business class, right? And so, uh, we both, you know, you know, in the class and whatnot, and they put you with teammates, since you know teammates. And I think I sat next to Brittany and my wife. Y'all can't see it, but she's a chocolate, beautiful black woman, right? And so. Um, you know, my wife says she has, you know, a beautiful shape and everything. And so she was, she was a senior, she was accentuating parts of her. She was trying to show off to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> she, was, she, she, she was trying to show off and let me know what she, you know, in a very classy way, you know, and she got my attention and I was like, she is so, she's so beautiful, man. And I just, you know, I had to ask, did we go to lunch today? Mm -hmm. I think we went to lunch together. I think we went to lunch or something like that. We went to, where we go? Popeyes. All right. Okay. <laughs> we went to Popeyes. You know what I mean? 
And um, she just was a beautiful spirit. She's a hustler. All the stuff that I, you know, it was just, it was just a connection. And we became friends, you know, we became friends, freshly divorced, trying to just navigate life, both of us at the time, but we could connect in that, you know, that foundational thing about the divorce. And so, um, but that's how we met. We met in school. We met in school and she did most of my homework. I have my degree because <laughs> uh, this woman, that's how we met. How did you all know that you were the pair? Like, this is it. You both went through the divorces and now here it is. You all are together. How did you know? The book. God. Go ahead. So... I have an estranged relationship with my father. However, um, every now and again, he popped back in and out. And so this one Mother's Day weekend, he's a pop-in. And he basically sat down and told Sishman we was on our way <laughs> to hell <laughs> if he didn't make me an honest woman type of thing. And so that got us on our journey. He just, you know, basically... Sishman is a, a godly man. And so it just pricked his heart. And we started this journey of reading a book. Um, what was the book? Um, we read an old boy's book. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. The married uh, Megan. Uh, Megan Good. Megan Good. But yeah, was, uh, we, I can't um, think of the name of the book. I can't think of the name of the book either. We have it though. But we both ended up reading this book and starting our journey of celibacy, which was very, very hard because we had been dating for a while. And so. For us, it was like, if we can make it through this and make it through these hard times. We were struggling, though. <laughs> we were struggling. <laughs> so we kind of went backwards. And then from the book, we ended up in marriage counseling. And from marriage counseling, we ended up married. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a God thing. It really, really was. Our dad, I never really met him. And it pricked my heart that when he, when he, when, when he came over to the house, we were just living life, you know. And uh, when he came over to her house, he sat down and, and, and started having a Bible study with his daughter. He wasn't paying attention to nobody that was at the house. We had a whole house full of people there. And I was like, this man is really having a Bible study with his daughter. Like, like he, you know what I mean? And, and he's mm -hmm. talking to her. And that scene, I don't even know what they was talking about, but that scene pricked my heart, sis, because I'm like, wait a minute, God is in this, some, like God is in the mm -hmm. midst. So, you know, it pricked my heart. And, uh, and he told me, he said, man, I suspect you a man of God. He said, I really do. He said, I don't get no bad vibes. He said, and he asked me flat out. He said, why are you, how you okay living with my daughter like that? How you okay? You know, and I'm a grown man at the time, but it, mm -hmm. I can't lie. It pricked my heart because I know Brittany was a God fearing woman and she's going to, she's going to go as the person leading her is going to go. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, and I didn't plan on, I got divorced to stay single. I wasn't finna, you know, that wasn't on my, that wasn't on my pair of you. I wasn't trying to, you know, but I, I knew for a fact, Brittany was not, no thought in these streets. She was definitely a wife, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I told myself, if whoever met my kids, whenever they met my kids, that would be the person I'd marry. And mm -hmm. um, I got very comfortable after a certain amount of time. And after Brittany and I committed to, you know, taking the obvious thing off the table so we can focus and hear from God, you know, submitted to my pastor at the time. And uh, it just started a beautiful journey that I'd never done before. I didn't do that when I got married the first time of actually planning out your future, going to counseling, doing the work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That that takes a, a relationship to really work, putting it all on the table. 
I mean, to this day, Britney's still the most, you know, our communication is so honest and raw. Can't nobody come from behind us and 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 try to sneak sneak us because mm-hmm. my wife knows, G. You know what I mean? You can't tell mm-hmm. something that she don't already know about her jacked up husband, right? And you, yeah. you can't tell me. So it's like we started on the right, and it's tough. Marriage is hard, but we started the right way, and that's how we started. And, and we eventually had a couple of weddings. We did a very small ceremony with our wife and children. Our pastor was like, screw that celibacy, waiting till next year type thing. Nah, he said, we grown, you know what I mean? We did that. Let's do an intimate thing. And we did. And then we did a uh, destination wedding sometime later in Jamaica. Amen. Do you believe that dying to self is important? (laughs) Absolutely. But it's an Mm -hmm. everyday thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Absolutely. Come on, elaborate. Because as you evolve, when you're evolving into your person, sometimes you could view your spouse as like someone maybe coming against the person you think Mm -hmm. you're evolving into. Mm -hmm. And you have to like sit down. Like Sistrin says it best. He used to have these conversations with me. Like I have to go off of what I know about my wife versus what I think or I'm feeling in this moment because this was said or that was said. Because sometimes the messages we're sending to one another can be miscued, um, like when you're doing texting or just, I don't know where your head is. And so I say this and you take it as this, but that's not even what I meant type of thing. So we literally have had conversations about being naked, meaning looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, Mm -hmm. I'm jacked up in this and that way. And so when my husband talks to me, I got to learn how to be quiet because I'm boisterous. Brittany, just mm-hmm. shut up sometimes. You could get your point across another day. And so I, that's me, like, dying to myself. Like, you are important. You love you. But you don't always have to have the last word, the first word, or any word. Sometimes you could just let it be. And I'm sure he has his his things that he has to struggle with and, and let down to sometimes let me rise and soar and be the best version of me but definitely have to die to yourself i think to be yeah. successful in life not even just in marriage just as a everything human being. yeah mm-hmm. how can you work for somebody or build a business if you can't sit under someone's feet and you know everything right yeah i was talking to I feel like i was talking to my mom and i said how do you expect to be a first lady if you're always thinking something's going on like, you know, the person going to end up getting phone calls at two, three in the morning. And it might be somebody that the person was attracted to. Right. But now here you are judgmental when mm-hmm. they are with you. Like you, you can't do that. You mm-hmm. got to figure some stuff out. You got to look at yourself. And, you know, she get real mad at me because I don't sugarcoat nothing with nobody that I talk to. And if I feel like I came off too hard. Then, yeah, I'll go back and, you know, if I get convicted, now let's go there. If I get convicted about it, then I'll go back to the person and say, okay, I don't take back my words, but I do take back my tone. Right. Because it was a certain way I could have delivered this to you. But my words stand because it was all truth when it was coming out. That's um, huge. That's something that me and Fishman have learned how to deal with is like, hold on, it's your tone. I, I'm not receiving you right now because you better yeah. change how you talking to me. And then let's try it again. <laughs> Yeah. How important is respect in a marriage? Oh, go ahead, babe. I think it's everything, you know, Paul says, husbands, be not bitter towards your wives. And then if you read down a little bit, he he, he admonishes the wives 
basically to respect your husband. And so I think the respect, of course, it goes both ways. We know it's not gender, but if there is no respect, how can there be a marriage? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, um, and not just, um, you know, not just respecting the face value of the word respect, but I mean the integrity of respect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Doing doing the right thing when the person's not looking respect. Like, um, I think it's it's wrapped up in the words this honor. You know, how do you honor each other? You know, and I think that's one of the most beautiful ways you can honor each other. Um, a respect that um, even when my wife is not present, she knows her husband is holding it down. Even when my wife is not present, I'm not worried about my wife holding her husband down. You know what I mean? And so uh, I think it's absolutely huge. And, and we haven't always been there. Sis. Lord, I mercy we haven't always been there because it was hard, you know, just trying to blend. And not only that, trying to blend a family. We're, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we brought kids together into this thing. Two so, different parenting styles. Two different parenting styles, totally, you know. And so, um, you know, we had to work at it. And, and it took counseling. I mean, we and my wife... You know, we, we even during the good times, we still see counselors. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, we still mm-hmm. see therapists. We believe mm-hmm. in mental health and we know that you can't keep stuff in. And I think that's just the work I was talking about that, you know, learning how to respect each other. And the only way you can do that is denying yourself. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. a choice. You know, um, you know, I used to tell my wife and then it's some stuff that, that it, it goes back to what my wife said. I told my wife, we're at a place now, sis, where we got to start living by what we know and not how we feel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because if you live according to how you feel, you're going to always be offended. I feel like you said this to me. I feel like you, you know, I feel, but I feel like you don't love me. Or I feel like, but you know, dang on well, this girl love you. You know what I mean? So let's, let's, let's stop foundationally at what you know. You know, Brittany, love your socks, though, your dirty socks. And so in this moment, that she's saying what she's saying, it has to be something else. Don't make the lie the root cause of the problem, right? Mm-hmm. You know she loves you. So get that out the window. Now let's dig and see what's really going on in our heart. You're not listening to me. I told you this. You didn't listen to me. I, I asked you for this, babe, and you didn't even listen. You went out and got that. Or you, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's about respecting one another's, you know, how we how we communicate. You know, if my wife getting loud, it's not because she won't. She just talk loud. But if she getting loud, don't make it about her getting loud because now you use the manipulation to make something a problem that ain't really the problem. Focus and see what's really going on. Respect her enough to shut up, Sishman, and try your best to understand and listen to her because sometimes we only listen to respond. It's, it's just a, you know, it's just a constant. And I don't get it right all the time still to this day. I think I'm the boss of everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so... I am though, right? And Hazel thinks that she's so oh, Lord have mercy, Jesus. We got <laughs> Hazel is just growing up too fast for me, you know. <laughs> yeah. We we I, I live life basically like everybody else through social media because everybody is in so many different parts of the world. And so, you know, I followed the process with Hazel and I now this little girl got a purse and you know, little shoes and stuff and sunglasses. And I'm like, okay, Hazel, you know. <laughs> but you know, uh I can see her nickname being Joy, you know. Mm. Um mm. because she brings that to the whole family, mm-hmm. you know, and so 
She does. I don't know. My hair is standing up on me. Hazel is is somebody. And, mm -hmm. you know, you really can't put your finger on who Hazel is because she has multiple personalities. Yes. Because of everyone in the home, she's able to take something mm -hmm. from everybody. And so mm -hmm. she's going to be very powerful in whatever area she touched because she going to have, and I don't want to say be manipulative because she's going to definitely be that when it comes down to household and dealing with siblings and even dealing with y'all, mm -hmm. but she's going to know how to work it to she her do. advantage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You are absolutely, you, you, you speak well, but have, I don't know if you've ever seen that TikTok where it says show someone who saved your life and didn't know. And I definitely think mm -hmm. she's that for all 12 of us. So all 10 of our mm -hmm. kids and me and Sushman, she just, like you said, she does something different for each and every one of us. Um, and to include my mother-in-law and my mom, like she just, she's just, she's special. She's, she's a godsend for yeah. sure. You know, we went through a extremely, the roughest trial in our life about a few years ago, right before Hazel came and uh, dealing with something with our children. It was just rough, you know, and it took a toll on our marriage. And it's different when you go through something because you two being a knucklehead, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But when you're going through something, you know, because, you, you know, it's just your kids and different things. And it really bought, put a strain. And you could not have told us that this little girl who was preparing to come into the earth would be the glue to bring my family back to where we mm. prayed our family would be. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you're right. Hazel was more than just a little baby that came in my old age. She saved me and my wife's marriage. God used her to save our family um, and to bring, like you said, sis, you said it so profoundly, joy. to bring joy back mm -hmm. into our life because we didn't see it, how it was going to, we were hurt. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And we couldn't see how. Uh, the joy was going to come back. And that little girl, my goodness. Mm. I mean, you girl. can't be, it's like you can't be sad around her. Mm -hmm. Right. She makes you forget about all the craziness going on. Yes, Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she, y'all, that she's somebody. Look, that's little miss somebody. But again, I go back to Joy, you know. Again, I can see her nickname um, being Joy. What's y'all why? What's, what's your why? Why do you get up every day? Our kids. Literally bre breaking generational curses because of our kids. I mean, like seeing things that we didn't see that we see with them, and that like now, like uh, I, let's have a moment of transparency. I can say for me and my uh, family, like I recently just looked. I wrote this down, but I didn't tell you about it. Um, okay. I wrote it down last week. But I am the only woman in my family married. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. I'm the only woman. And I don't think that if we hadn't went through the trials and tribulations with our kids that I would have even had, like, the knowledge of that now that I'm trying to make sure my daughters are good. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so our kids have brought things to light that maybe we wouldn't have seen because, you know, there's shadows when you're walking through life. Sometimes mm -hmm. you have tunnel vision. Mm -hmm. And so my kids are definitely my why because through my kids, God reveals things that I have to fix for myself or that it's been happening to my family for generations. And I think that me and Sishman are the blueprint together on both sides of our families, as far as like breaking generational curses and, and doing something different from what's been done in our community. For sure. For sure. I would say since my wife at this, at 44, about to be 45, I told my wife, like never before, I feel legacy pushing me. 
like never before. My favorite scripture is uh, Proverbs 13 and 22. Everybody talks about what a good man is. You know, a good man is one that don't do this or a good man is one that takes care of this or don't cheat. I love the definition that Proverbs 13, 22 gives. It says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. That's what the scripture mm -hmm. says. Mm -hmm. And so that is pushing me like never before legacy. If I should die tomorrow, because I'm not promised, will my grandchildren be able to eat from what me and my wife are doing today? Mm -hmm. Right? Will they have options to where they don't have to be a slave to anybody's time clock, to anybody's, you know, asking people to go to the bathroom or take vacation? I want to work now to where our last name is great. Right. Mm -hmm. That's all the mm -hmm. Hilton is, is somebody's last name. Mm -hmm. That's all Ford Automotive Company is, is somebody's last name. Right. McDonald's, that's just somebody's last name. Right. And so we're trying to establish uh, and manifest Proverbs 13 and 22. That's what's pushing me legacy. I don't know how much time I got left on this earth. And every day I get up, it's about God. What can I do to solidify an inheritance for my for my children's children? What brings me to how important is foundation? Oh, it's huge. But what P I think the biggest thing with foundation that me and Sushman have learned through all of the things that we've been through is you got to love you. I cannot be your reason for you being happy and you cannot be mine. Like we have to learn how to be happy with ourselves and then bring that into one another. And so your foundation, you got to get you together. When we first did counseling, we struggled because... We kept finding counselors that wanted to like counsel us together about a specific problem. And, you know, our stuff just got to a breaking point. And he found this woman and we got on the meeting with her. And of course, we we're like, ugh, because we didn't already been through about two, three counselors. And this woman was like, well, first of all, you know, this is an interview to see if you, you like us and we like you, but we cancel individually first. And I think that was a defining moment for her both husband, of us. Her and her husband. I think that was a defining moment for us because we realized like, dang, I got to be good for myself before I can be good for you and the kids. Right. And so mm -hmm. foundation is huge. And seeing what baggage you carry is huge because like he said, now you can understand why I'm raising my voice and how it may have nothing to do with you. And now I can understand like, okay, you're raising your voice. That's the trigger. Calm down. And so foundation is huge, separate and together. Because if you're not good, for you and know what, what you got going on on your journey, then how can you be good for another person? Foundationally, everything like my, you know, it, it comes, it's truth. And we know, you know, there's only one truth and he is truth, right? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. um, standing on that truth and everything that uh, engulfs the word truth is, if I, when I think about my wife and I, says that's what I think about. I think about pure bread, truth, and honesty, the mm -hmm. light, right? Walking under the light, which reveals and exposes all, right? And so I think if we can keep everything in his light, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? Ain't nobody perfect around here. Mm -hmm. But as long mm -hmm. as we're walking in and under the light and not in darkness, that has to remain foundational. That's one thing we tell. Foundational with my kids is truth. I don't care what you have done on this earth. Do not keep darkness around it and in it. Because right. if you do, it's only going to mutate into something worse. That's right. 
And so foundation is light. You've got to cut the light on. Let them roaches run. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Cut the light on. You've got to walk in the light, like John said. And so open them curtains up and that's get right. outside. And that's right. so that leads into head space. What would you tell somebody who's always in their head, you know, creating things as far as um, well, that person won't like me or I'm not gonna get that job for it? You know what I'm saying? Because that's a darkness that they're living in. It is. To get to the root of it. Right. I would I would tell them like that's not that's not that's probably something that was created. That's not how you were born to think like that. You were, it, it, you got that way somehow. Like there was a situation. And what if you could go back in your head and remember when did this start for you type of thing? Root cause. Yes. And then once you figured that out, like what will help you not think this way? Right. Like why are you so down on you that you count yourself out before someone else counts you out? It's a God thing with a lot of people because when I was going through, after I went through my, was going through my divorce at that time, and I was out here in these streets, I was I was just living kind of muck and crazy. I would literally tell myself, you know, I ain't S H I T. I ain't S H. I would tell myself that, like mm -hmm. that's that you know when when I would try to have conversations with you, man, I ain't I ain't I ain't. And guess what? I started to live like I wasn't S H I T. Literally. And so it wasn't until I had a, I call it a John 17 moment or Luke 17 moment. Uh, I can't remember where the prodigal is at. Luke, what talks about the prodigal and with the prodigal, uh, since it didn't say that somebody laid hands on him, it ain't say that he went to the altar. It ain't say that somebody came. It says that he was in a nasty place, the pig's pen. And I love verse 17. And it says, and he came to himself. Mm -hmm. He had a moment of realization. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute wait a minute, I am, my, do you know who my daddy is? Like, and I think that's when it changes, when you stop looking in the mirror per se, but mm -hmm. you actually ask God to help you look at yourself as he sees you. Amen. And when you start praying that prayer, that's what I start saying. I say, God, so wait a minute, how do you see me? And then I start looking at them scriptures that affirm how he sees me. Sish me, you're the head and not the tail. Sish me, you are above. And not believe, Sishman, you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. I don't care what you went through, Sishman. Guess what? They're included in the all things that work mm -hmm. together for good as okay. long as you love. I started seeing myself through his eyes. And, and, and slowly but surely, I wasn't getting cocky, but my confidence started because my daddy believed in me, right? My God mm -hmm. actually believes that I can. And so now you won't hear a negative thing come out of Sishman's mouth because I understand the power of when you actually release and open up your mouth from the issues of the heart, the, the abundance of the heart, the what? The mouth speaks. And so I make sure that I don't care what obstacle is against, I speak life. And my wife and I are living, living a life that we did not have, but we spoke and believed into existence. Do you hear me? And so, and we try our best today to tell everybody no, the words you speak, not necessarily think. The Bible says you can take captive of a thought. You're going to have some crazy thoughts. But when you open up your mouth and release a thing, you are setting the course and the trajectory for whatever you release out here in the atmosphere. And so we believe it wholeheartedly. Self-talk, if you got to, and what you put in is what you're going to put out. If you listen in to 
to two chains the future and you just uh, 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 uh who all these young people listen to today uh little uzi whoever yeah. all these people you listen to uzi Ver, all these people and i turn up a little bit sometimes but if that's all you put it in you get in my car sis i'm listening to nothing but uh self-help books i read all the time right i'm making sure i'm putting enough in to filter out the little mess i listen to look whatever every now and then but i filter it out with positive stuff what you put the word of God, what you put in you is what's going to come out of you, period. And so how somebody would change that, you got to start putting the right stuff in if you want the right stuff to come out. All right. Amen. <laughs> um, if you all had to put a definition on healthy relationships and loving yourself, what would you say? Um. Again, I, I still go back to turning the lights on. I told my husband the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life was look at myself in the mirror. And so I think the healthiest thing is to look at yourself and see who you are and to see your areas of work. I read a book. Um, oh, my God. What was them two books that they left in our house when we sold it? The Power of a Praying Life. Me and Trishman don't know how these books got in our house when we were selling our house, but we walked in the house one day, it's all empty, just to know, you know, reminisce a little, say our byes, and somehow someone had left The Power of a Praying Husband, Power of a Praying Wife. And I read The Power of a Praying Wife thinking that I'm going to pray and change my husband because he's getting on my nerves. And when you open that book, baby, are you surprised at how it is all about you mm -hmm. and checking yourself and what you're doing. And so it just started my realization of being like, Brittany, if you love you, kind of like what he said, what I'm putting in me is going to come out. So if you start checking for yourself and stop necessarily worrying about what the next person is or isn't doing, you'll start putting all that time and energy into you and greatness is just going to come out of you. And then people don't have a choice but to rise to the occasion or get out the room. Mm -hmm. And so you, you are important. Your self-love, you're looking at yourself, you knowing yourself, you doing self-work. Because if you are not 100%, you can't be 100% for everybody else. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What you got? No, I agree. Totally. He never read the husband book, though. I read some of them. <laughs> Um, tell us more about SMR. Ooh. Sure. That's, uh, of course, those are my issues, but that's not what the business stands for. SMR Security Services, it stands for Safety Management and Reliability. God gave me that in a dream. I wanted something and didn't want it to be my name, but um, I love how he put that together. SMR is a a physical security company. We provide security guards all throughout the state of Texas and now abroad because we got our federal certification, which is huge. Amen. It's a huge, huge year. We got it in November of uh, of last year. It's a game changer for our business. Mm -hmm. And so um, uh, we've been in business since 2012, uh, started the LLC rather in 2012, and we struggled uh, struggled like crazy. I didn't get my first contract till 2018. And mm. so uh tell you, it's a testament of jumping out on faith mm -hmm. and it not happening right away. <laughs> and, and thank God for my wife. You know, I had gave up on the business. I was divorced and, you know, 
no, got rid of the house. We was living in a, a three bedroom apartment at times, all nine of our kids in that three bedroom apartment together. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, quit my job running other people's security company to start my own, didn't get contracts. So I had to go back to work. I went back to a job making $27,000 a year instead of the 60 that I was making very humbled, humiliated, um, defeated, depressed, and uh, let my licenses expire because we didn't have the money to pay for the licenses. And uh, we went to church one day and a preacher preached a message and it was entitled, um, and he said it with an attitude. He said, this is my soil. This is my soil. That was the name of the message. And he talked about how if the soil is going to be cultivated, you got to get dirty. You got to get down there and do the work. You got to dig your hands in the dirt, you know. Sometimes you got to spread some manure over it. It don't smell good. He said, but the difference between that and a grave is you got seeds in the ground, right? And um, I looked at my wife and I told her, man, babe, I wish we could start this company back up. And my wife gave me her credit card. And that that money on there, we needed that money on that credit card. We were struggling. But she believed in me and she said, let's get your licenses back up, your insurance. It was about $2,000, $3,000. I can't remember how much it was. And we went, um, I listened to my wife and went and got those certifications up. And then God told us to wait. I went back to work and didn't think about it. And November, since November of uh, 2018, I was at work telemarketing. And I got a number on my phone, USA. I was doing a telemarketing on the USA. Yep. And I got a number on my phone selling life insurance. It was really telemarketing, but it's life insurance uh, for USAA. And I got a number called my cell phone. And he said, this is Gabe McCain. He said, is this Fisherman Remsen? owner of SMR security. I forgot I owned a company. I was like, Oh yeah. Yes, sir. And he said, I got a, I want to know, man, if you um, have a contract for a need for security starting tomorrow at eight locations. Mm. And uh, he said, I found your certifications, the certifications that my wife just paid for. He said, I found your certification online and we need those certifications. Mm. And I told him, I said, sis, I wasn't even gonna lie to him. I said, sir, I don't have money to float no payroll. I definitely don't have eight. I don't have not one security guard. I don't have no uniforms. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I don't have nothing. There's no way I can start a contract. And he said, okay, man. He said, um, I really need your certifications. He said, how much would you bill me? I threw the highest number out there, sis, just to hope he go away. And he said, you know what? I'm going to ask you mm-hmm. one more time. Do you want the contract, man? He said, I'm okay with that rate. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, yes, we want the mm-hmm. contract. And he said, this is, this is how I knew it was God. He said, so what I'm going to do, he said, I want you to come tomorrow to my office. He said, I'm going to write you a check for the first two months up front. Mm. That check was for $66,000. Mm. And um, I cried right there in my office because mm-hmm. you couldn't you couldn't tell me how. I didn't have the money, my credit score, I was broke. And that $66,000 allowed my wife and I to literally pay payroll from the from our little dining room table in our apartment Mm -hmm. and this year smr did over two million dollars this year and so uh but it started with a 66 uh 66 thousand dollar check and then that that's right that was the seed and that next day we ain't have no guards well, my pastor had deacons out there. We was in hoodies. Oh, that's right. We was in hoodies. Ain't none of us licensed. We ain't had no security license. I know that. We right. had nothing. But my wife was out there working, you know. Uh, and that's cousins. a part of the foundation. 
That's right? right. And so when I say things like foundation, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. People that's, that's got you, yes. no matter what. They yeah. are all, that's your support system. Yep. Those are the foundation. They're going to point to whatever yep. it is. They're going to tell you about it. Yep. You right? know who else is my foundation system? I was doing security. On, I was doing life insurance on the side. And people like you and other people from Gary, Indiana, who didn't know that you all was helping fund a business. My my Through my life insurance, I was able to fund mm -hmm. my security mm -hmm. company and people like you and, and everybody. I think from Gary one year, I made mm -hmm. like $30,000 in life insurance just from Gary, Indiana, my city, my Yeah, because at first I was like, man, I don't really believe in this, but you know... I, you know, because we are, we're not smart to that kind of stuff. We're not knowledgeable, right? right? And right. it took us to move to Spokane for me to get, you know, for real car insurance because we rolled around with an MTAG and went on Ridge Road to Classic and was getting 30-day insurance. You know mm. what I'm saying? And right. so to come to Spokane and like, I'm really good friends with the Stocktons. And so for them to be in my life, you know, telling me, hey, okay, it's time to bathhouse. You know, we're not going to keep being a renter. You know what I'm saying? And so for them to coach me along the way, you know, it people just don't know. They We go out and we get, you know, the little $10,000 insurance policy, just enough to put the person in the ground. But white people, when they get their checks at the yes. funeral, you know, they, they cashing out. They getting $1.2 million checks and, you know, different things like that. And so it's so much stuff and that we are. That's what they did. That's right. That's how they we got are so, We so dumb, mm -hmm. you know. And, and then they already have it set up for legacy. Yep. That's so, right. So with someone else's money. Right. It's, it's ignorance. Yeah. They, they didn't somebody teach else's. Yeah. They didn't teach us. Because if you, if you don't know the rules to the game, you ain't going to play and you definitely ain't going to win the game. So they tried yeah. to keep us ignorant to the money game, but that's changing now. You know yeah. what I mean? Financial literacy is huge. Life insurance is not just, you know, a $10,000 burial policy. You yeah. know what I mean? That could, that could, that could start and promote wealth moving forward in your family if it's done right. So you're right. Yeah. Ignorance has definitely been, and it was by design. Trust me. They, they, yeah. they wanted to keep us, ignorant of it but i mean you got people affording to go to doctors because they can get money off their life insurance policy if they have a terminal illness that will pay for their their medical bills right yeah yeah and now you you literally came out of pocket with nothing and you're alive and then you still got that policy right right yeah yeah education yeah. is definitely increasing in our community i see it personally i see it happening i think, well, it's, I, think I can it's see y'all taking on another uh, another another baby another steve get on out there and promote the financial literacy that's oh right. absolutely that's right um tell us about the book and then we'll wrap up sure sure um i tell this is my this is my uh my wife's book is coming too we finna start on i was her. just about to say look i heard yeah. that I was yeah. just about to say, okay, Brittany, what you got going on? I did want to cut you off, but then, you know, God funny. But. Yeah, my wife, you want to talk about what your book is going to be? No. No, not yet? Okay. <laughs> All right. So, just her book know is it's coming. one comment. It's coming. We're just trying to get this bad boy out, pick up some steam and whatnot. And then uh, we're going to start working on my wife's book. I call it my love offering. Since we create, we spent more in creating this book. This is not about money. It ain't about trying to make, it's really about, again, legacy, that my kids will always have something to go and share, 
you know, their dad is an author. It's called Defining Moments. It's not a chronological story of my life, but it's 15 moments in my life. It's 15 chapters dedicated to 15 moments in my life that have defined the man that's sitting here and talking to you today. You know, the, the boy that was born in Ivanhoe Projects, moved to Dora Miller Projects, 11th Avenue. Mama got mm -hmm. shot, mama in drugs, daddy in prison for 21 years. How did you escape the G, the negative parts of G? Because not all parts of Gary is bad. But how did you escape the negativity and build yourself up to become an entrepreneur today that your kids can be proud of you, that your wife can mm -hmm. be proud of you, your community can be inspired by you? What happened in your mind? What made the switch? And so it's about these defining moments and not so much the moment that did anything, but how did I respond to the moments, right? The good, the bad. How did you, how did you fall, Sish, but yet you still sitting with, because I didn't stay there, G. I didn't stay there. You know what I mean? The, the Bible says a just man falls seven times, but he gets up from every fall, right? How did you come back? That's I, I call myself the comeback kid. How did you lose so much, but yet gain so much at the same time, right? And so uh, that is the premise of the book. This book going to make you cry. This book is going to make you laugh. This book is going to inspire you. This book, I I'm, I'm promise you, I done prayed and fasted. People going to start LLCs after reading this book. People going to start businesses after reading this book. Marriages are going to be mended after reading this book. People are going to build, uh, re rekindle their relationship with their dad after reading this book. Like with their parents after reading this book. I just see so much coming from, um, from this book and I cannot wait. I released it on a um, uh, self-published, but I let a publishing company read it. They loved it so much. They asked me to not release the self-published. They wanted mm -hmm. to back it. So they redid everything with their own artwork. Um, they're creating an audio version of the book. It's going to be in Barnes and Noble. It's really a big Amen. deal. It's really a big mm -hmm. deal. So that's how, that's my love offering. It's coming soon. We got about two more months and uh, Defining Moments will be released um, for everybody to purchase on all your online platforms and all that good stuff. So while you were speaking, and I know I said I was done, and I am, but do you trust your team at 100%? You don't have to say anything to this. Um, do you trust your team at 100% enough to be able to leave your phone in the lockbox and get some mental time away. And so I want to leave that with you. I want to thank you both for coming on with me today. This was a really good discussion. Do you all have any last things to say to the listeners? Mm, I'm just love, love you. Just love and the multitudes that come with love. It's kind is patient it's rough out in these streets but just love it does conquer all i would just i i, I would personally i just say again this is the second uh, podcast from somebody from my hometown that we've done here recently and i just want to say sis i love what you're doing um and uh i love talking to you i hear the strength of god whenever i talk to you sis i really do i know your background and uh, I can just tell you're doing something special. I love this platform. And I love when it just, when, uh, when something, you know, when, when you open up your mouth and it's God just feels it. It was a, it was a beautiful flow, this whole interview. And I'm proud of you and what you're doing. And um, I know we talked about something and I can't wait to talk to him whenever, whenever we get a chance to do that. So don't forget to send me that information. 
and um, keep doing what you're doing. I support you. All right. So the takeaways that we are taking away today is it's not always about getting your point across. Live according to what you know. That's right. Don't make the lie the cause because it's, you know, it's not. Be happy with you and turn the light on. Teamwork, make it work. Right. And Proverbs 13, 22 is one of the favorite scriptures. That's if you're right. into books, the power of a praying wife and a praying husband. And on that note, if you hang in there with me, I'll hang in there with you. Peace. Peace.